It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare's Monday Walk-In Sports Injury Clinic has returned with the start of fall sports season, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. every Monday through October 17th. Athletes will be seen on a walk-in basis every Monday from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics, located in the now building's second floor, Suite 200, on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. X-rays can be done for immediate review and upon insurance authorization, patients can be scheduled for an MRI, CT scan, or any other further imaging needs. For more info, call Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics at 989-541-BONE. That's 989-541-2663 or online at memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, fall in the air. You guys know I love my, like, you know, nice October, September nights out at the bonfire. Nothing better to accompany you on those nice fall nights than Skyman. Anything from Skyman, man, whatever your pleasure is, whether it's, uh, you know, getting some pre-rolls, a J, whether it's, you know, maybe some edibles. I know that's some of Ted's favorite stuff. Whatever you like, Skyman has it, and they have it at the best prices, especially when you use our promo code 320 I mean, does anything sound better to you guys than a nice uh, fall night out uh, watching some college football right about now with some Skyman on your side? Oh, Skyman cannabis, man, out by the fire a little bit. You know, have a campfire, have the football on. You're exactly right. You know, uh, many things I like it for. I, I enjoy my music, and obviously pain relief is what I'm looking for Skyman cannabis to help me out with. It, it makes everything more enjoyable. The music, the campfire, the you know, football. If- if Michigan, if Michigan wins their noon game, so yep. then those night games, you can just sit back and relax and watch those seven o'clock games. Just have a have a good old time. It sounds magical, man. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm like salivating at the mouth. The 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 what you just described, Matt. You know, a nice Michigan victory at noon. A uh, nice little SEC game at 3:30, and then the nightcap with a little bit of Skyman on the side, man. That's the maybe the best Saturday you could draw up, really. You know, and we've talked about it before, too. We have the uh, coupon code you can use. If you're a first-time visitor to SkyMint, that's what you want to do. 20% off all SkyMint products only. It's the number 3, P-O-I-N-T, 2-0. If you're over 21, stop in to the Corona store for sure to get your coupon and your 20% off. But if you're a listener from throughout the state, they have many, many locations. Just great partners here at Three Point Podcast. So we love them, and we hope you do, too. 
Well, greetings and welcome to episode 230 and our fifth annual three-point podcast prep pigskin preview. We're presented to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center and the renewal of their popular walk-in sports injury clinic every Monday through October 17th. We're also partnered up with SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, many locations throughout the state of Michigan. Don't forget, if you're in the mid-Michigan area, stop into the Corona store, use their coupon code, 3.20 for 20% off all the SkyMint products. You know, it's a perfect time of year. It's uh, summer is ending. The Christmas is starting in the air. That means it's football season and uh, nothing better than enjoying a little pigskin action but with a little bit of SkyMint product, right boys? It, it It's incredible, man. I mean, this the best part about it, and this is, maybe this is just my weird brain. I feel like uh, cannabis and especially SkyMint's it goes like a lot further in the fall time. There's some magic in the air. There's the bonfire going. There's the sun setting. There's football on the TV. You know, they're sitting out listening to music while it's like perfect temperature outside. I'm salivating just thinking about it right now. <laughs> well, stop in that Corona store and use the coupon code again. It's 3-P-O-I-N-T-2-0. Also want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso. And fellas, we've done it again. I, I think we might be full up now on sponsors because I want to <laughs> welcome uh, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch of Owasso as our high school sports spotlight title sponsor throughout the school year. Love you it. know, it's. I got to tell you guys, man, I went in there Friday. Uh, what a setup they have. It really I mean, is. It's, it's incredible. So it, it, you guys, I haven't been in there. So obviously from what I remember, you know, when I used to live in town, they changed the one side to the hot spot is what I remember. Right. Kind of the bar and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you go through and that's where Capitol Bowl was. Oh, you know, the 25 lanes or whatever, bowling lanes. So that's, that's all gone and it's all, like batting cages and stuff like that now. Oh is yeah, I mean, it, I, it just blew my mind away Friday when I walked in there. I've been in the restaurant, but this is the first time I've been over to the field house part of it. And you know, I walked in the door. It's back on the Comstock uh, parking lot area where you walk in the back door of uh, of the complex. If you go to your left, it's the restaurant. You go to your right, it's the field house, which used it. to be the bowling lanes. And I walked in there, and the owner Mike, he was shooting hoops. He was shooting hoops there at one of the hoops, and it had one of those one of those jobbies where the ball goes through the basket, and then it kicks it right back to him. You know, and he catches it and fires it up again. It's called the gun, man, or, or Doctor yeah. Dish. One of the two. It's, it's one of those two names. Well, I just it, it's just awesome, you know. And I just I interrupted him and said, "Hey, man, I, I got to talk to you about something. I think you'll be interested in." Gave him the short pitch on the podcast, and uh, he was all on board, man. I mean, it's it's a great setup if you're a if you're a baseball softball player they got the batting cages there they got they play indoor soccer uh it, like i said if you're a ball player they got the hit track system major league baseball uses this thing it's like a computerized screen on the side showing you flaws in your swing and stuff like that it's really quite a setup they have and i'll tell you what he's the perfect kind of sponsor for us because we're all sports freaks man and if we yeah. had this around when we were young we've been oh. there all the time oh so there's been. a full indoor soccer field yeah yeah, I mean that's not. Did they take over? Uh, did they take over J.C. Penny too? Well, I hear there's plans to come in there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna release what I heard in the rumor mill, but it's all gonna fit together, uh, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah, they did take over. They own that whole block now, and I don't know, Jared. You've been around town when they've had these uh, 
little league ball tournaments going on. Oh, yeah. They bring in hundreds of teams, you know, playing at Owasso, playing at Mitchell Fields, and it's all organized by Mike there and the staff at Hit and Hit that Pitch. Place- that place is awesome. Um, it's. It, I wish I had it when I was a kid. Uh, maybe if, if that would have been the case, you know, maybe I, I would have gone on to play some varsity baseball in my day. Uh, but there's something about going to the batting cages, uh, just like how when you play catch with a baseball, where I still feel like it's maybe the top two or three things you can do outside of actually playing a game in any sport. It, it's so much fun. Uh, and, man, it's got to be fun for these high school kids and these you know younger kids. Hey, let's go practice baseball, but let's go hang out together uh, and and maybe get some food at uh, the bar right, right there as well. I mean, it's just such a cool setup, and it's something we've needed in this area for a really long time. Yeah, you don't realize how big that building is. Yeah, you know that's cool though. Yeah, and I mean it's you know right in your guys' alley range uh, age wise. I mean, think if you want to if you're going to have a bachelor party or have your crew into town, you can rent space for an hour, put on a little miniature three on three basketball tournament or hit the batting cages. I mean, it's all there. So we're just kind of setting the stage for you. You'll be hearing more about uh, capital sports and hit and pitch as we go on throughout the season, all the way up through uh, June. But for more details and rental rental reservations, call 989-472-4624 or go online at capitalsportsfh.com and hitandpitch.com. All right, fellas, we've set the stage now. We've got the the big pigskin preview. We always kind of talk amongst ourselves at the beginning, kind of some of our memories, some of our thoughts on high school football. Where do we want to start? It, it, Just how it, awesome high school football is yeah. in general. <laughs> it really <laughs> I mean, is. Like I, I was thinking earlier, like, you know, all, all you hear about for the most part is like Texas, Florida, Ohio, maybe California. But, I mean, that, that's mostly in regards to the talent that comes out of the state. So maybe those, those states definitely trump Michigan, you know, as far as the overall talent. But I think we've talked about it before, and whether it was on the podcast or off air, the passion for high school football in Michigan has to be some of the best in, in the country. Because, I mean, they're, pe- people, these communities follow their local teams like – they're the Detroit Lions or something. I mean, it's a, uh, it's super cool. And putting this podcast together every year, I, I know I, I was mentioning earlier before we started recording. You know, I'm a little detached now, living in North Carolina. But putting this podcast together, it kind of gets those juices flowing. It, you know, hearing yeah. all the schools, hearing some of the storylines that these experts come up with, like new coaches or a team going for back-to-back state titles or whatever. Uh, you know, a team like Pawama Westphalia trying to come back or Ithaca trying to come back from a down season, just hearing all that stuff. Like I said, it gets those juices flowing and it makes me like, man, I almost want to move back just to cover high school football in Michigan, man. It, it's it's really cool. It It's awesome. Uh, it really is. Michigan's 100 percent football state, even though I would argue maybe we produce better basketball talent. But in my opinion, people love football here. Um if you just want to get jacked up, man, I mean, I've seen this music video probably 3,000 times at this point, but around this time of year, always got to throw it on. Boys of Fall, Kenny Chesney. I mean, Sean Payton lays it out perfectly, talking to his old high school at the start of that flick, uh, flick where he's basically saying, you know, I'd give anything to switch shoes with you guys right now. Uh, just blows my mind how fast time flies. You know, it feels like 20, just yesterday I was in these uh, locker rooms getting changed ready for a football game, but it's the best time of year, especially Michigan, the weather and man, September and October when the weather is still nice and you can go to a game in just a sweatshirt and jeans. It's the best time of year. Yeah, I think Michigan and you probably have seen it posted before. Michigan has 
five different seasons, the regular four <laughs> and football season, man. And I'm right with you guys. I'm right with you guys because, you know, here I am, the elder statesman of this podcast. But, uh, and, you know, people have said to me, well, when are you going to hang up the microphone, Ted? Why? Why? As long as I can climb the bleachers, you know, the juices still flow, man. It gets me yeah. fired up. I mean, this is the start of my uh, 37th season as a radio play-by-play guy. You know, I got to spend 27 of those years with my close buddy, Chris McMillan. Uh, Bart Matthews, my current partner, where he's now starting his 10th season. So yeah. it's a lot of experience up there covering high school football. And, and there's only one reason why. We love it. It's it's, right. it's the love of the game, man. It's It's pure. Yeah, get, getting paid for it is just a bonus because, yeah. like you said, you, you get to see some great games. You get to go see some cool, you know, if, if a school got a new stadium or a new field or something like that, you get to see that stuff. You get to maybe talk to some coaches or players and stuff like that. So, no, it's definitely cool. And, def, you know, it's something that – so for when I worked in local news in Michigan before going to ESPN, I, I did cover high school football in the fall. It was basically all hands on deck yeah. for her high school football and i don't know man it it just like being on the sidelines hearing oh, yeah. the roar of the crowd and shooting the games and like i i mean i i, I could totally understand why you're not hanging it up yet like you said if, if you can get up and down the bleachers and you're not having to like set your yeah. set your you know setup up down by the the fence down by the field right why i mean you, yeah. you it, can it, still talk you can still do the job so yeah man i would do that until they kick me out, basically. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it it is the best time time of year, and and you're exactly right, Matt. Why would he ever hang it up? I mean, do, do, as somebody who's currently living outside the state, I mean, it can't be that same feeling out there in in North Carolina, is it? No, I I think we talked about it maybe a few weeks ago. I've been down here now for basically six years, and at least from what I gather, high school football just isn't a big deal down here. Um, basketball, basketball definitely is, but people just, I've even, we've even driven by, you know, you drive by the the stadiums on a Friday night and you see the glow of the lights in the distance. And Mm. I'm just like, oh man, I want to go to a game. Let's just, I don't even know who these schools are, but let's just go. But I've, I've driven by, you know, and like peaked and they're like half full quarter Mm. full. And it's just like, it's kind of depressing, but, um, no, mentioning that song, that Kenny Chesney song. You were, you were saying Sean Payton talking about the time flies. This is my this would be my 20th anniversary, I guess, of right. my senior year of football. So, you know, talking about that 20 years. I mean, I know, Ted, you go back even farther than that. But for me, 20 years, no way was it 20 years ago that we were getting ready to play my senior year of football. It just doesn't it doesn't seem like that. And I know I'm obviously I'm pushing 40. So I know I'm not 18 yeah. years old anymore. But it's like, man, it does not feel like 20 years ago. And I don't know if you guys remember, Jared, you probably had a bunch of people telling you, you know, old coaches, old players came to talk to you guys. You'd always get that, that, you know, spiel about soak it all in right now. Time's going to fly. You know, all, all those, all those cliches. When you're 17, 18 years old, you don't think it's ever going to end. I mean, you know, you're in the moment and it's just like, no, man, we're, we're playing right now. This is never going to end. I remember when we lost in the second round of the playoffs. I mean, we, we hadn't lost all year. We were 10 and 0. Right. And when we lost, it was, it was a gut punch. It was like, wait, 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 we're not supposed to lose. Tears we haven't lost flowing. all year. Like what is happening? I mean, we were convinced we were making a run to Ford field and all of a sudden, boom, season done, 
never playing football again. And I, I just always say, you know, it's not like reliving the glory days. It's not being stuck in high school. I don't know if it's the same for you guys. You know, you obviously go through waves. When you get together with your friends who you played football with, those stories will never go away. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you start having a couple of drinks or whatever. You know, you start having some SkyMint um, products or whatever. <laughs> yep. You're going to talk about Friday nights, man. You're going to talk about a camp you went to. You're going to talk about a practice. You're talking about, hey, man, remember when we played so-and-so and you did this? Like, it, it's just – it's memories that – unless you played, you don't, you don't understand what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the memories come flooding back this time of year, uh, every Friday night. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a job like Ted where I can still, you know, feel the atmosphere, still be at a football game every single Friday. Uh, and like you said, it's those memories that come flooding back, uh, every time you meet up with your friends and that's always what you talk about. And I love the advice you said, you know, where basically time flies, you know, don't let it pass by because, I think we all kind of are in that same boat. Maybe Ted, Ted, he knew when his final game was going to be, but yeah, like you said, it's just a, it's a, it's an absolute gut punch when it comes and you never think it's going to come. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately for me and, and football and sports, man, it's all you've ever known since you were basically born. Uh, and you never think it's ever going to end. You feel you, you build up your whole life, you know, from a sixth grader up until your senior year, just building toward that, you know, last season. And there's just something magical. And that's the advice I would give to any kids listening to this is, you know, obviously enjoy the games. Those are always fun, but enjoy the Sunday night uh, film sessions. Enjoy the, you know, the practices as crazy as that sounds. Uh, just find a way to enjoy them. And I just wish I could like put this wisdom into those kids' minds because they would be having a lot more fun uh, if they knew what waited, uh, what waited for them uh, as soon as they got through high school and uh, college. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, you know, both you guys, if, if I look back at my uh, broadcasting resume of high school football, I mean, you're both involved in teams that, you know, are on my highlight reel, if you will, you know, I mean, Matt, both your football and basketball squads, uh, you know, would rank right up there. And Jared, I mean, some of the highlights, obviously, even though you lost that country day game, that was a, that was a hell of an atmosphere, man. You know, the, yeah. the public little school of Corona going up against the private school with all the money down there. And, you know, you guys were right there in that game. It, that was a lot of fun. And the week before against Powers, you know, it was a highlight because I got a yeah. chance to, to do a, a play-by-play with Jack Strap as my color guy. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> that, uh, oh, man, that broadcast. Uh, I don't know if it's been listened to ever since, but uh, it, was, it was funny at the time. Um, yeah, it, it's just it really is the best time of year. You, you, you laugh about that country day game. It's funny you bring that up because I actually just got into an argument with what, this is like what we talk about at work is these, you know, they, 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 they act like I'm some star quarterback at work or something like that. It cracks me up. Uh, well, milk but, that as far as you can, man. Yeah. But we, but it's yeah, a run with that. The orchard Lake St. Mary's, the, the brother rices, uh, the Warren deal sales. We have a lot of employees from there. Uh, and one of our one of my coworkers is from Brother Rice, and I laugh at him because he's you know making fun of our team or whatever this or that, and and little does he know his senior or uh, my senior year, Brother Rice had a down year. I think they went two and six. <laughs> they lost a Country Day uh, by twenty eight points that year, and we lost Country Day by fourteen. So it was a fun little rabbit hole I went down, uh, but it got a good laugh at the office. That's yeah. funny. It's a, it's always fun to do that. I remember. You know, so we we lost to Grand Rapids South Christian in, in the second round of the playoffs. And when I went to Grand Valley, uh, you know, my freshman year after high school, there was a ton of people from Grand Rapids South Christian who went there. And, you know, 
when you're you're walking around, especially your freshman year, you're wearing all your high school shirts. You're wearing your high school football shirts. You're wearing all that stuff. And I remember bumping into a bunch of them. Oh, you you went to Corona? You played at Corona? Who are you? You know, so I told them. And I, I didn't really have much to say because they yeah, beat us. So, you know, say, they yeah, beat you us in football funny, and basketball. Not as fun of an ending as mine. Yours is more uh, uh, depressing. Yeah. Uh, but what's, I got one more thing before us before maybe we wrap up our little catch-up segment. People get sick of us before they get to hear the actual <laughs> experts talk. Uh, if you guys had to say uh, – it can be I'm going to give you either option. If you had to name your favorite player – or the best player you've ever seen, or the best team you ever watched, uh, who would it be? I- I'll go first, man. Uh, that Grand Rapids South Christian team, man, I-, I might have to steal it from you. I mean, it's rare that you see uh, a program win a basketball title and a football title in the same year. We just saw it with Warren De La Salle last year. Uh, they're going to try their best to repeat in football again this year. But that team was just incredible. I remember as a little kid, that's like one of my first memories was watching uh, the, the basketball game, not the football game. I was too young for that. But just from the stories I've heard about that team uh, and the amount of D1 talent they had, I mean, they had maybe the best basketball player in the state, uh, maybe the best basketball player in Michigan basketball history in the state and, and cool. Uh, so that team has always been one that's sort of stuck with me. It seems like no matter where you go, no matter where you are, especially when I was out on the west side at Fox 17, that's always the first team they always threw out. Yeah, they were stacked. They had, um, like you said, multiple D1 athletes on their basketball team, but multiple players who went to college and, you know, on their football team too. Um, so yeah, they were good. I mean, thing I always hang my hat on is they beat us 13 to zero. They ended up scoring like 40, 45 points the rest of the way to the state title. So that's what, that's what we can like hang our hat on. We hold them to 13, but no, man, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to answer your question. Um, favorite player I've ever watched. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm not sure. I can um, jump in while you think about yeah. it. I'm, I'm going to narrow mine down to mid-Michigan. And uh, my favorite player is currently the uh, head coach at Saginaw Valley, and that's Ryan oh. Brady. Watching him play, watching those Chessonine teams play for Coach Jim Zapp in that, that back-to-back year. They didn't win two uh, championships in back-to-back years, but they made a deep run in the second time. But uh, Brady just uh, was fabulous to watch. He could do, he could run the ball, he could throw the ball, and he put on an incredible performance in the state championship game. And you know, anybody that ever asked me what's my highlight game, well, it was that uh, that '98 Chesapeake State Championship, and led by Ryan Brady. It was an incredible atmosphere. I think they won 59 to 48, something like that. It was a shootout against Belding, and. Uh, he was an incredible player. I mean, I could go statewide and pick somebody maybe better talented wise, but as far as, as far as for my dollar value, and especially here in mid-Michigan, it, it was Brady. So you can send me the check later, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it, That's a good one because I remember um, I remember watching him. I remember that being a big deal because uh, a few a few guys in my grade, the, the Skodak brothers, they came from Chesanine mm-hmm. in elementary school. So that was a huge deal. Um, you know, Chesanine and just a huge deal for our area, you know, a school like yeah. Chesanine making those deep runs to the state title game. So, um, yeah, I remember watching Ryan Brady and then him going to Grand Valley was like a huge deal, too. So, you know what? What I also and this is the last little closing thought on high school Matt just brought it up kind of in a way in my brain. I love high school football for this reason, too is every team has their own kind of like sense of like importance, if you will, where, you know, a lot of, you know, you, you talk to my coworkers from brother rice or Orchard Lake, same areas. Oh, did you guys win the state title? Did you make it to Ford field? Did you do that? Uh, no, 
but we made it to uh, regionals. But in in like our eyes, you know, given that we hadn't had a you know playoff team or a playoff win since all the way back in at Matt's time, twenty years before us, uh, it meant a lot to us at the time. And you know, I, I'm still prideful about that because yeah, yeah. it really did. Uh, and Matt, you probably had the same thing. You know, a nine and zero season maybe doesn't mean jack shit to you know Orchard Lake St. Mary or whatever. Right. Uh, but to you, it mattered. And that's just another thing I love is that you know a lot of people will complain about you know Michigan high school football. We get a lot of the same champions every year. Uh, but if you thought the only thing that mattered was who gets to hold up the crystal ball at the end of the season, then you're, you're wrong. And I think too, I mean, maybe it's me, like you said, being prideful nine and no seasons don't happen very often at Corona. So, you know, it, it was, it was a big deal. I mean, it hasn't happened since, uh, my, my season. So, you know, it was a big deal. I was going to ask real quick. Yeah. If we're about to move on, you were asking like memories or whatever, what's your guys' number one memory, best memory, favorite thing about playing in Corona, you know, Corona small I, town. It is a small town, but Ted, you know, better than anyone, Jerry, we yeah. all do. The football history is rich in Corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No state titles. You know, there's maybe the, the, uh, uh, the unwritten one or whatever, the, the unofficial one, <laughs> right. Back when what your grandpa, you know, your grandpa's yeah. dates, right. Um, but the football history in Corona is rich. So yeah, I'm just curious before we sign my, off on our part and get to these experts. My, let's, my let's favorite, get to the experts. and this is maybe lame, but this is my favorite. Um, so my it was my senior year. We're about to play Flint Powers for district championship or whatever. And I'm not a big rah rah guy. I, I've always la- like I'm like if you can picture the Jameis Winston or Jameis Winston, uh, like E to W, where everybody's kind of standing around him like he's crazy. That was basically me during every speech my entire. Uh, career, you know, when people would try to compare football to like war or try to get you all psyched up, like I, it always just like I was always kind of in the back, just like snickering to myself, like this is a joke. <laughs> Who's taking this serious? Uh, but one speech I do remember, it was uh, our assistant coach at the time, Coach Beldiga, just an incredible speech. So we walk in, you know, we're about ready to take the field for the final time, get ready for the game. Turns off the light. Uh, he's like, I just want you, like, basically, he's like giving us, you know, visualization, this, that. And he's talking about this story, Matt. You probably remember this. Uh, when he was a kid, 1994, Corona's last time ever making it anywhere in the playoffs. He's like talking about their last time at regionals as well. Uh, he was telling the story basically where he was a little kid and he was watching that game and some special teams guy blocked a punt or something at a key juncture of the game. You guys probably may, maybe remember the name better than I would. Uh, and he's kind of explaining the story. And he's like, you know, that made that like really got me amped for high school football, got me amped to be a chronic cavalier. And he pulls out a lighter, lights it, basically says, you know, that he looks around the room. Any of you guys can be the spark for a kid in that uh, in those bleachers tonight. Uh, and it was just a great speech. We ran out on the field, won the game. Great game. Like Ted said, one of the classics. Uh, but just always, it was a speech that actually worked, which is why it right. stands out to me, because man, I never I've always just sort of laughed at him. But that was a good one. A good one. Mine yeah, is very simple. I, I not necessarily a specific one like that. It's a thing I bring up every year we do this podcast because it honestly is my favorite part about playing for Corona. It's the walk from the locker room at the high school over to the field. I will never even saying this, I get chills. I will never, you know, when I played, not get hyped up when you're standing outside of that locker room with the team. And you start walking over the field, you can hear the band, you can hear the PA announcer. People are still driving and parking. People are like honking their horn at you. It's the coolest thing. I mean, I, other schools probably have something similar, but for us, 
that walk from the high school over to the field is the best way to get just amped up for the game. Cool, coolest thing to experience. That's fun. You know, I was thinking the same thing, Matt, because that that always was the thing that got you in the right mode of uh, your mindset for the game. You know, I mean, when we when we played, of course, I was fortunate enough to play for the legendary Nick and Nice, and we'd start, we'd get our uniform on, and we'd all sit in the hallway waiting for the coaching staff to come out and give us a few words before we did that long walk. So we had the the sit and think. We had the the pep talk, and then we had to walk to the field. And by the time that opening kickoff started, you were ready to hit somebody. <laughs> That's what it's all about, right? So, so yeah, I think I think the memories of high school football. And here I am, this old dude, you know. But I still, I had, I just got to chill thinking back to what it was like playing underneath the Friday night lights. There's nothing like it, nothing at all like it. You know, we're gonna get, we're gonna hear from the experts. I, I do want to throw a couple things in here that uh, you know, in our area. New Lothrop obviously is going to be loaded again. They're ranked number five according to the coaches' poll. I mean, they got to figure out a way to get past Puama Westphalia and Jeremy Miller, who has just got an outstanding program over there. Our Chronic Cavaliers, they got a lot of experience coming back for Steve Herrick, uh, the the Bauer boys, and some of their other players. Uh, you know, Xavier Anderson, and uh, you know they got A.G. Brager coming back, Peyton Termier, a senior, uh, Jaden Eddington coming off an injury. They're going to be a tough team to beat. So it'll be good to see the Cavaliers again. Owasso has some question marks. Brand new head coach coming into town, Ron Tyner. But he's looking for some leadership from some of the players from last year to help him get acclimated in his new position. And, you know, some of the other schools, Chesanine has a new coach. Duran has some talent coming back. And uh, the other storyline I just wanted to throw out there, you know, before we move to the experts is, obviously, we have new turf fields in Corona a new turf field at Ovid Elsie in Ithaca. And Jared, I did look at the Ithaca field you were talking about. Well, you weren't kidding, man. That is a patriotic field. And you know, I'm all for it's it, nice, though. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I mean, some military guy obviously donated the money, and that's okay with me. Have, it must have been, right? Because it is so, like, kind of jarring. It, it, yeah. I can't imagine it was just them saying, let's do it this way. Right. But, that's cool. You know, so as cool as I'm very curious to see the Nick when it's all said and done, when everything's finished. Is it crazy for you guys to think about Corona having a turf field? I mean, I, I think it's amazing. It's a long time coming, but it's still just crazy to think about that field being turf, especially probably for you, Ted. Well, a little bit, but, you know, I was thinking about this, fellas, and I know we're getting a little long-winded, but, man, it's nostalgia. Think about where I grew up, Jared, at my dad, you know, my your grandpa's house right now, right across the street from Nick and East Field. I right. mean, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, every Friday night hearing the loudspeaker, you know, even before I was old enough to be able to go to the games, you know, I'm hearing all that excitement, all the cheering over there. Uh, you know, they used to play at McCurdy Park and built the current field in the 50s. I remember shoveling snow off the field in 1966 to get a, a game in the final game of the year. And obviously, you know, the oh, God. The yeah, that was before playoffs even. We the, the season started later than you played right. into November in the regular season. <laughs> That's idiotic. Wow. I mean, the stadium obviously named after uh, Nick and Nice in 1983. They brought the new press box in in the 90s, new lights in 19, and here we are with the turf field. And my feeling is, I'm excited about it. It's still the same complex, still the same. Yeah hallowed ground if you will but hey it's going to be great to see them playing on that turf and never have to worry about weather i won't believe it till i see it man it still seems <laughs> a little on it just seems it just doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem possible right <laughs> really never seemed possible when i was a kid 
Yeah. Well, we were you were skeptical they were going to get it done in time. Now, here's the latest I've heard. The game is scheduled for Thursday, but there is a possibility it might get moved to Friday to give them one more extra day. They're going to get it in for sure by Friday, but uh, it's going to be fun to, to break it in. We're going to have it on the radio. It's just, it's just going to be uh, magic, as you would say, magical. It'll be fun. Yeah, you want to make sure everything's – that the turf is actually – put in properly before you try and play a game on it, but it, it'll be cool to see it all done. Well, and I, I think they'll have the field done. No problem. There's a few other of the tidying up things they got to get yeah. done. So, you know, the new concession stand, the new entryway, all that stuff. So it'll be cool. Looking forward to it. And I'm also, as you guys are looking forward to hearing our experts, they're coming up here on three point podcast, our fifth annual prep pigskin preview. It's going to get rolling right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Ryan Slocum of the State Champs Network and Newsnet. I'll be covering the Flint area here on the Three Point Podcast. So let's get right into the three teams to watch. Got to begin with Grand Blank. The Bobcats are coming off the best season in school history where they went 12-1 before losing in the state semifinals to Rochester Adams. They have a lot returning, but they did lose some big pieces, including the running back Elijah Jackson Anderson. He is now at Eastern Michigan. Owen Sitchambara will be the quarterback taking over this year. It's going to be imperative that he gets the ball to their big-time receivers. And also, huge story here, brand-new head coach, Caleb Ford, now the man in charge. He had great success turning the Kersley program around just a few years ago. Let's see if he can keep the success going in Grand Blank. Speaking of success, man, Fenton, that's our second team. They know nothing but success. Except for last year, they had their first sub-500 season since 2007. They went 4-5, and five, losing the Metro League title game to Lake Fenton. I think the last time they were under 500, head coach Jeff Shetsky was about 11 years old. So it's been a long time, pretty much since he got to Fenton. Tigers had 18 to 20 starters back from that team a year ago. Lots of experience there. I fully expect them to have their name toward if not at the very top of the metro league once again then another team down a little bit last year from where they've been and that is davison the cardinals five and four last season that is not the kind of success that jane wine jake weingarts wants he believes his team should be contending for that division one championship every single year and why not back to back trips to the title game winning it all in 2019 very young as well last year but a lot of guys got experience they have nearly all their big guns back 13 starters including quarterback Braylon Hemeline Jalen Flowers Zach Papadakis uh, one question will be the offensive line just one returner the captain Jackson Rice all right speaking of players gotta go to Linden the linebacker Bryce Ulick, 6'1", 220. 
He's a senior, one of the top 50 players in the state. He's a D1 baller going to Eastern Michigan. He's going to try to set the tone. You're not going to miss him out on the field for the Eagles. Mentioned his name already from Davison. Jalen Flowers can do it all, offense and defense. Major tone setter for the cards on both sides. Pass breakups like crazy, playing there as a defensive back, and he can break the game open just like that with a big touchdown on offense. And so can these two guys. Yeah, I'm going to cheat for our final player to watch, and I'm going to say the two big receivers from Grand Blank. That is Tay Boyd and Jalen Johnson, both huge talents. J.J. has already committed to go to Grand Valley. Tay needs to decide what he's going to do, football or basketball. Hasn't decided yet. Uh, these guys can break it open with a 50-plus yard reception in a blink of an eye. Let's see what they do with a new system. Finally, three storylines. Flint Howard's completely new era for the Chargers. They have a new coach in Drew Burton who came down from Saginaw Heritage. Also, Powers has left the Saginaw Valley League for football after a couple of down years. They are an independent. They're not going to be playing the big D1 schools anymore, but their schedule is still loaded with mid-division teams. Pontiac Notre Dame, Detroit Country Day, Frankenmuth. Going to be interesting to see how they do with the new schedule. New Lothrop. Will the Hornets get back? They went 7-4 a year ago. That's the worst record they've had since 09. That's not how Clint Galvis does it around there. He's got a pair of state titles. They want to get back to that level. I think they can. 16 returning starters. They got a chance to make a deep run in D7. Will be one of the top five, if not two or three teams. Final storyline, let's go back to the SBL and the addition of the Traverse City Schools. Now, they're in the Northern Division, but going to be interesting to see how this plays out because they will play crossover games with teams like Davison and Lapeer and the like. That is a lot of travel. Now, I know teams do travel all over the state, but that's just maybe for a one-off. Let's see how this plays here going into this season, and we'll see if they do pick that two-year deal up or if they decide that's just too far of a trip to make. Appreciate it, guys, as always. Love the show. Uh, once again, Ryan Slocum here from the State Champs Network and Newsnet. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. It's at Sloke12, S-L-O-C-12, and on Instagram, just look up my name. For the Three Point Podcast, this is Ryan Slocum. Hey everyone, it's Sam Ali, Sports Director for MidMichigan Now, and here's three teams to keep an eye on this upcoming season. Number one, Ubley, the Michigan High School Football Coaches Association, came out with its preseason rankings, and the Bearcats are the only number one ranked team that didn't win its division the year before, but Ubley is a powerhouse in Division 8 with a state title game appearance sandwiched between two trips to the semis. The Bearcats might have the best shot to win a state title from all of our teams in our viewing area. Number two, Lake Fenton. The Blue Devils shocked everyone in 2021, winning the Flint Metro League title and making a six-win improvement in their record. And thanks to that kind of success, Lake Fenton won't be sneaking up on anyone in 2022. Number three, Corona. 
Now, no one is picking the Cavaliers to win a state title, but here's the thing. They have improved their record in three straight seasons. They are coming off their first appearance in the regional title game since 2016, and that's for a team that was unranked going into the playoffs. Lots of experience coming back this year makes Corona a team to watch this upcoming season. Now, here are my three players to watch. Number one is Flint Hamity's Delano Townsend. This guy is 6'4", 300 pounds, and it feels like he's even bigger in person, and he has one job on both sides of the ball, move people out of the way. He has already committed to Western Michigan. Next is Linden's Bryce Ulick, the Eastern Michigan commit, has been a menace on the defensive side of the ball, earning All-State First Team honors as a sophomore and a junior. He's even told some people that his goal this season is to get 200 tackles, and why not? Few in the state are as capable of hitting that mark as he is. Number three, Swartz Creek's Jacob Booth, the 6'5", 280-pound tight end, is the number two ranked offensive tackle in the entire state, and that's where teams are recruiting him. Booth has freakish athleticism for his size. As a sophomore, he weighed 300 pounds and was an all-state tight end at that weight. He slimmed down and still maintained his high level of play. He will be fun to watch this upcoming season. And finally, here are three storylines to keep tabs on. Number one, can Caleb Four continue the winning at Grand Blank? Four takes over for Clint Alexander, who led the Bobcats to their most wins ever in a single season before they lost in the state semifinals. Grand Blank lost a lot of major weapons on both sides of the ball, but the cupboard won't be bare, and Four could be the one who finally brings the Bobcats their first ever state title. Number two, who's going to win the Flint Metro League? Fenton and Lake Fenton will both look to make it back to the title game, but Goodrich is always a solid team, and Brandon has a lot to prove after an injury-riddled season. Corona, Swartz Creek, and Flint Kersley are improving quickly, and Linden is super talented. Whoever comes out of this one will definitely be battle-tested. Number three, can Freeland plug up all the holes on their team? The Falcons made it all the way to the state semifinals last season, but this year they'll have to replace 18 players from that team. Quarterback Sam Talaga is a great fit for an offense that will try to catch you sleeping for a big play through the air and even being able to watch from the sidelines could prove to be great experience for the incoming seniors. Now you can watch me every Friday this fall on For the Win at 10 o'clock on Fox 66 and 11 p.m. on NBC 25. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Sam Ali Sports. For the Three Point Podcast, I'm Sam Ali. 
looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as the Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. I'm Jason Hutton from Fox 17 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We have the Blitz every Friday night in the fall. It's 40 minutes of highlights, reaction, and analysis. Starts at about 10.55, goes till 11.35, and we're excited, as we always are, to start a new season. We're going to talk about three teams to watch in the West Michigan area, and it has to start with Muskegon. It often does. The Big Reds, one of the top programs in the entire state of Michigan, maybe a little bit down a year ago. Nine and two. <laughs> Most teams would love to go nine and two, but it was the first time since 2013 Muskegon did not win a district championship, but they did win the OK Green Conference and were undefeated in conference play. They played a lot of sophomores, starting six or seven sophomores at times last year, and a freshman, very, very young. Those kids have grown up a bit. Some of their best players are back, including running back Jacob Price, slot receiver Destin Piggy. There may be a little bit of a question mark as to who's going to play quarterback, at least Shane Fairfield, when we were at practice earlier in the preseason, told us there is a battle going on. I do expect it to be junior Makai Guy, who played a little bit of quarterback last year when senior Miles Walton was dealing with some nagging injuries. So I think Muskegon's the best team in West Michigan. I think they're ready to make another run towards Ford Field, and they have some nice, a really nice group of juniors that should lead the way. Another team to watch in West Michigan this year, as is always the case, the Rockford Rams, who have won three straight OK Red titles, the OK Red being the big school division here on the west side of the state. Now, the Rams go into year three under the direction of head coach Brent Cummings, who has never lost a regular season game. Of course, 2020 was shortened by COVID, but they were 4-0 that year, and then 9-0 last season in the regular season. And the Rams did graduate a ton, led by quarterback Zach Ahern, who's off to Ferris State. So they don't have a ton when it comes to returning starters. But what they do have is at every grade level, they've had success at the lower levels. They have talented kids. And I expect that Rockford's going to reload and once again be the team to beat in the OK Red. And the Rams open up with East Grand Rapids, a new game on the schedule for week one here on this side of the state. A lot of people excited about that one. 
And then the Rams in Week 2 will host perennial power Mona Shores, and which should be a fabulous game as well. So the Rams, the team to keep an eye on. Another team I'm looking at is the biggest challenger to Rockford in the OK Red, in my opinion. That's the Caledonia Fighting Scots. They enter year two with Derek Pennington as head coach. He came over to Caledonia after 13 very successful seasons at Zealand East. And, boy, the Fighting Scots hit the ground running last year. 10-2. and two, They were 8-1 and one with the only regular season loss coming Week 8 at Rockford in a very competitive game. And then they won a district championship as well, beating Mona Shores in the district final before losing to eventual state runner-up Traverse City Central in the regional in a snowstorm here in the Grand Rapids area. But the Fighting Scots return quarterback Mason McKenzie, who's outstanding, already has offers from Grand Valley State, Ferris State, Saginaw Valley State, even Illinois State from the FCS level. He's a dual-threat quarterback. They've got Brock Townsend back at running back. He's a junior now to be his third year on varsity. He has a Central Michigan offer. Derek Pennington Jr. is a tight end H-back, outside linebacker. He has a Central Michigan uh, offer as well. Justice Reed is an outstanding slot receiver for him. This is going to be a really good Caledonia team. They do have a little bit to replace on the offensive line, especially the left side, where they lost really good players like Caleb Parlberg now at Hope and Andrew DeVries now at Ferris State. But I think Caledonia is definitely a team to watch. They open on Thursday against Holt. So it should be a lot of fun. They have North Farmington in Week 2, which is a very talented team, and that should be a really good matchup as well. In terms of three players to watch, we're going to start at West Catholic, where Tim Kloska returns. Last year, well over 2,000 yards rushing. He's already the school's all-time career rushing leader, and he still has a, his whole senior year to go. He committed in June to the Air Force Academy. Going to be a great player there. Great player for West Catholic. They have a new head coach this year in Landon Grove. A little bit of a new system, but I'm telling you, 22 for West Catholic. Tim Kloska is a guy to watch. Quarterback at Hudsonville. The Hudsonville Eagles always good. Last year, 4-5, and five, but played a lot of juniors at the skill positions, including quarterback Trey Carr, who did a really nice job from them. You know, all five of their losses came by eight points or less. They were very close to beating Celine, very close to beating Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, Rockford, Granville, and Caledonia. So lost to five really good teams. Trey Carr had a nice year running and throwing the football. Probably a little bit more of a passer. He's got some great wide receivers and Brad Rairden, who is committed to Navy, as well as Eli Vanderveen. Both guys tall, athletic. Hudsonville's going to be a team to watch, and I think Trey Carr, number four for Hudsonville at quarterback, is certainly a player to watch. And we'll stay right in the OK Red. A lot of OK Red here on this preview. Raza Townsend, defensive end from East Kentwood. He's committed to Western Michigan. 6'5", 230 pounds, really good on the edge, can really get after the passer, but can play the run too. Uh, outstanding player for Tony Kimbrough at East Kentwood. You know, the Falcons were just 2-7 and seven a year ago, but they returned most of their defense. They're really excited about that side of the ball. They also have a kid named Nathaniel Cobb, 6'3", 215, playing outside linebacker. But Raza Townsend, number four for East Kentwood, certainly a player to watch as he's headed to Kalamazoo next year to play for Western Michigan. As we get to three storylines we're going to be keeping our eye on this year on the Blitz in West Michigan. I'm starting with Unity Christian, one of the best high school football teams I've ever seen last year. They scored 803 points, which had never been done in state history before. They were incredible, and they did not win the state championship. They lost an incredible game to Chelsea, 55-52 in the Division IV final, a game they had large leads in in both the second and third quarters. So how does Unity Christian bounce back? They graduated 20 of their 22 starters. But I'm a firm believer that this program is at the level now where they can reload. This year will be a big test for that. Their younger players played a ton last year, though, because Unity Christian played a, a 12 running clock games last year. So their juniors 
played a lot of football, even though they weren't technically considered starters. So they now become seniors. Their JV team had some success. They've got some sophomores that can contribute. Uh, head coach Craig Tibby's son, Mitch Tibby, is expected to be the quarterback in their wing T offense, still a linebacker on defense as well. Dylan DeHoop, a senior corner, the other returning starter, for Unity Christian, but it's going to be a lot of fun to see how they bounce back this season after that incredible year last year and then the state runner-up finish in Division Four. They open the season with Whitehall on Thursday. That'll be our game of the week on the Blitz. Whitehall coming off a co-championship in the West Michigan Conference. Another storyline to watch this year, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Three-time defending state champs the last two years in Division Five. They graduated a really, really good class. You talk about Joey Silveri, who's a three-year starting quarterback. He walked on at Michigan State. Um, they had Nolan Ziegler, outstanding receiver and safety slash linebacker, who was an early enrollee at Notre Dame. John Passano, the Passano name, lots of those that have been really good athletes at Grand Rapids Catholic Central. John stepped in at quarterback last year. He was a wide receiver, but Joey Silveri went down in week four. Passano stepped in, led him right to the state championship, played great. So he's at Miami of Ohio playing baseball. They lost a really, really good senior class. What they do have coming back are three linemen that started last year as sophomores. So they're going to lean on those guys early as they get some younger guys and a smaller senior class kind of going here to start 2022. Schedule's challenging. They're going to open with Port Huron at the Battle with the Big House on Friday. And then week two, they're back over to Detroit to play Detroit Loyola, who a lot of people like in Division 7 this year. Loyola obviously has a great program, and year in and year out are in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what Grand Rapids Catholic Central looks like this year. They're certainly going to be different in terms of personnel, but I still think they're going to be there when it's all said and done. And the third storyline to watch in West Michigan this year, East Grand Rapids, one of the top programs in the state over the history of high school football in the playoffs. 11-time state champion. The Pioneers have a new head coach this fall. They're coming off a 3-6 and six season, and they have Josh Shattuck at the helm. Just 35 years old, but already with 13 years' experience as a varsity head coach. He was at Gladwin High School, also coaching uh, Seymour High School in Indiana, and then Elkhart Central before it combined with Elkhart Memorial to become Elkhart High School. So he has a lot of experience as a head football coach, and he comes in now to East Grand Rapids as they try to turn things around a little bit in that program. He's a Spring Lake native, so he's from West Michigan, and a lot of people excited to see what Coach Shattuck can do with East Grand Rapids here this fall as they try to turn things around a little bit from a 3-6 and six season a year ago. Pioneers open at Rockford, so it's going to be really tough. They have South Christian in Week 2, another perennial playoff team. So the schedule's tough, as it always is, for East Grand Rapids. Going to be a lot of fun to watch this year on the Blitz. You can follow us on Twitter, at Fox17Blitz. We do all of our content there. All of our on-air content makes its way there, so that's the best place to follow us. Also on Facebook, we're inside of our Fox 17 page. We have a Fox 17 Blitz group. Please join us there. Uh, I'm Hut 5 on Twitter. Uh, really looking forward to the 2022 season. Thanks to my guys for having me on the Three Point Podcast, and uh, I hope you guys have a great season. Hi, I'm Brian Calloway from the Lansing State Journal. My three players to watch in Greater Lansing would be Evan Boyd, who is a senior receiver at East Lansing. He is committed to Central Michigan, and he is a three-star recruit. He would be poised to have a big season for them. Brandon Lewis is another guy to watch. He's from Lansing Catholic. He's a wide receiver, defensive back. He's headed to Michigan State as a preferred walk-on, but he's been a pretty electrifying player on both sides of the ball and as a return man for Lansing Catholic, and they will be counting on him quite a bit this year. Another guy I would say is Matthew Neff from DeWitt. 
he's a lineman, he's a three-star recruit, and he's committed to Central Michigan. And he's obviously been a big part of some very strong teams that DeWitt has had the past couple years and been a key guy in the trenches for them. My three teams to keep an eye on from Greater Lansing, uh, I'm gonna start with DeWitt. And they're a team that's been to Ford Field the last two years. They were a uh, state runner-up last year, uh, falling to Detroit King in a tight game. The year before that, they broke through and won the program's first ever state title. Uh, now they're a program that's highly regarded in Division Three again, and has a lot of tradition. So they're a team that's going to be one to watch out for. The Puamo Westphalia is another team. I mean, they're always you know, pretty good. And, you know, Coach Jeremy Miller has built a, a pretty powerhouse program over there. I mean, they're coming off a 14-0 season last year, won a state championship and overcame injuries to a lot of key players in order to win that state championship as well. Troy Wertman is also back for them, and he's a pretty electrifying player as well. Uh, you know, the other team I would say, you know, to keep an eye on is, you know, Ithaca is a team that could uh, be bouncing back and, and having a, a big year after, uh, you know, uncharacteristic season for them by their standards. And uh, they have Bronson Butt back as well, too. So they're a team that could make some noise in Division 7 as well, right there with Puama Westphalia. As far as some storylines, I, I think, you know, Puama Westphalia and Lansing Catholic. I mean, they're chasing, you know, second straight state title. Both of those programs have won a few, a couple of state championships in recent years as well, too. Uh, both of them obviously have to replace some key players, but, you know, they're teams that have been pretty good over the last several years. Mason was an interesting story in our area uh, last year, making a historic run to the state semifinals. Uh, they won a program record 10 games a year ago. Uh, and, you know, they reached the state semifinals where they fell to Detroit King as well, too. So they have a lot coming back. The big question for them is can they build off of their uh, historic playoff run? And then and from the eight-man standpoint, I would say Morris and Portland St. Patrick, uh, they've both been very strong programs in recent years and made plenty of noise. You know, can one of those programs, you know, get, get on top and, and win a state championship? I mean, Portland St. Patrick has been to a state championship game several times in some re in recent years and come up short uh both of these programs are losing some key players so can they replace some of those the talent that they lost and you know break through and win a state championship that's it for me uh you can follow me at brian underscore callaway on twitter for a three-point podcast this is brian callaway Hey everybody, this is Evan Stockton of Bally Sports Detroit, one of the play-by-play -play voices of our weekly Football Fridays coverage on the cable home for Detroit sports. Excited to have your ear for a few minutes here and give you a preview of what we can look forward to in high school football across the great state of Michigan coming up here over the next few months. So if you follow college football recruiting closely, you know this name very well. Dante Moore, the hottest quarterbacking prospect in the country whose last name isn't Manning. Unfortunately for some of you hoping out there that he's going to go to your program, spoiler alert, he's already committed to Oregon. But there's a ton of hype, a ton of praise, and a lot of pressure on these young shoulders. He's the reigning Mr. Football in the state of Michigan. He's trying to lead Detroit King to back-to-back -back state championships at a program where state championships are expected. So I'm excited to see how the outstanding quarterback Dante Moore will handle the pressure this year. Another player you got to watch out for this year, Cole Cabana. One of the fastest running backs that we will see all year long across the state of Michigan. He is a Dexter Dreadnought. He's a future Michigan Wolverine. Dude gets the ball, hits the hole, and he's gone. So if you're opposing defenses, uh, start studying the tape now on this kid. Cole Cabana, he's going to make Jim Harbaugh smile someday, and he's going to make all us high school football fans in the state of Michigan smile throughout this fall. And for a final player to watch, 
I'm gonna cheat. This is my segment. I can cheat. The Pico twins at Rochester Adams High School, Parker and Tate. Parker's the quarterback, Tate is the running back. These guys came darn close to a state championship last year. They lost in the finals to a Belleville team that we'll talk about in just a second. But the Pico Twins, if Adams is going to get back there, they are the focal point. My favorite detail about them, Parker isn't even going to college for football. He's going to be a pitcher at Alabama. But the Pico Twins are definitely a pair of names that you have to keep your eye on throughout this high school football season in Michigan. As for three teams to pay close attention to, let's start with the obvious one. We just talked about them, Detroit King. Basically, for the last half century, Detroit King has a winning record. And every other year, they're competing for a state champion. They won it last year in a heck of a football game against DeWitt, one of the finer football games you'll ever see at the high school level. But the tricky thing is for King, they've got a target on their back. They're the consensus number one team in the state of Michigan. They have maybe the best quarterbacking prospect in the country. So every single week, you know, they're going to get the other team's best shot. It's going to be tough for them not to slip up. We'll see how they handle the adversity week after week. Team number two. For years across the state of Michigan, everybody whispered, man, Belleville's got all this great talent, but they can't seal the deal. They can't win the big one. Well, we can't say that anymore. Jermaine Crowell's team beat Rochester Adams in the Division I state championship game last year. They've got a quarterback, Bryce Underwood, who is about to take the mantle from Dante Moore. This kid is legit. And Belleville has that monkey off its back. They're going to be a little more loose. They're going to be a little more free this year which is horrible news for the state of Michigan. And the last team that you've got to keep your eye on. If there was such a thing as one state champion throughout the state of Michigan, if Detroit Kings not your favorite, Warren D. LaSalle is your favorite. This team rolled to a state championship, undefeated season last year. Their quarterback, Brady Drogosh, two-sport athlete, outstanding runner, great passer. They basically bring every single skill player back from that team that won the state championship last year. Now, here's the tricky thing. They're losing a bunch of starters on the offensive line, and as we know, having a great quarterback is awesome. Having wide receivers that can run by you is awesome. If the quarterback doesn't have time to throw to those receivers or the running back can't find a hole to run, that's a problem. So that's going to be the thing for Delis sal this year but dan roan has built one heck of a program and de la is going to be tough to beat finally as for a couple of storylines i want you to keep an eye out for how does river rouge handle the loss of their head coach Corey parker he's moved on to the collegiate ranks river rouge the last few years has been a pop-up power they've had the talent but they've never put it together until the last few years They've won state championships. They've gone to the state title game multiple times, but they're losing their leader. They've got talent. Nick Marsh is maybe the best wide receiver in the state of Michigan. How do they handle losing their general? We'll see. Who's the team that at the beginning of the year you're not thinking will be at Ford Field on Thanksgiving weekend and they may end up being there? Here's a smart bet. The Caledonia Fighting Scots from the west side of Michigan, their quarterback Mason McKenzie, we saw before our own eyes last year, This kid was getting better and better and better every single week. They played Rockford in a tooth and nail ball game that went right down to the wire in front of nearly 15,000 people last year. But Caledonia is going to be a force. And if they're playing for a state title on Thanksgiving weekend, uh, hit up your old friend Evan because uh, I'm the one who gave the tip on that. You're welcome. Uh, Final storyline for you, and unfortunately it's on a bit of a somber note. The Oxford football program is good year after year, but as we all know, unfortunately this year, they have to deal with some adversity that nobody should have to deal with, let alone 
16, 17, 18-year-olds. How does Oxford handle the tragic shooting from last year? How do they handle getting back to the normality of life and playing football every single day? We'll find out, but this is a very talented group of players every single year. We'll have them week two of the year on our Football Fridays coverage on Valley Sports Detroit, and we're all rooting for Oxford as they handle an unspeakable tragedy from last year and try to lead to bigger and better things this year. As you can tell, we are very excited to cover Football Fridays on Bally Sports Detroit all fall into the early winter long. Make sure you're keeping it locked to Bally Sports Detroit on Twitter for consistent updates throughout the season. You can follow me as well at EV Stockton. Excited to bring you the coverage from next week all the way until Thanksgiving. For Three Point Podcast in Bally Sports Detroit, this is Evan Stockton. Hi, this is Scott Johnson at WNEM-TV5, and that means Friday Night Lights. Once again, join us uh, all season long for the best highlights from the Tri-Cities and Genesee County and, of course, the surrounding areas. We like to call it the TV5 viewing area, to tell you the truth. Uh, here are my three players to watch here, and I'm going to be a little biased because I'm a offensive line guy, played the position in high school and in college. So I'm going to give you three offensive linemen that I think that you got to keep your eyes out on. And that happens to be Jacob Booth. How about the Swartz Creek offensive tackle going 6'5", 280. I know he's made a visit to Kansas, so uh, he is obviously somebody that is going to be recruited heavily here in the offseason. Uh, how about Luke Zanotti from Bay City Central? Another big fella at 6'4", 285. When I understand, he can really move people around. And how about Flint Features? I mean, that Flint Hamity's Delano Townsend. He goes at 6'4 and 300 pounds. He's an offensive lineman as well. So uh, there's, you know, three pretty big fellas right there that uh, could make up uh, an offensive line for you if you were starting out and uh, beginning a program. Now, I got a couple honorable mentions, first of all. Jalen Townsend, he's a small guy, 6'1", 160 pounds. Uh, probably will play wide receiver at the next level, but uh, he's somebody you've got to keep your eyes out on. And, of course, you know, Flip Beecher has, you know, turned out athlete after athlete after athlete, uh, you know, through the years, usually on the basketball court, but they certainly have had their fair share of uh, football players as well. And one more honorable mention for you, Jake McAfee. He is an edge rusher out of Bad Axe. Now, I have... I've uh, seen him on a, you know, more than a couple occasions here. Uh, a great player, and he goes at 6'5 and 226 pounds, so I expect him to get some attention here in the recruiting wars as well. Now, my three teams that I think that you got to keep your eye on, I, I think you got to go with uh, Division Eight, number one ranked Ubley, ranked number one in the Michigan High School Football Coaches Association poll that was just released here recently. Uh, the Ubley Bearcats are coming off a 12-1 and season where they lost uh, in the semifinals to Beale City. So uh, the Ubley Bearcats bring them back a lot of folks, and uh, so they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in Division 8 this season. Uh, how about Frankenmuth? Now, now Frankenmuth has been they, – they're just a program right now. They really got it rolling. Uh, they are ranked fourth in Division 5 here by the uh, coaches. Uh, Phil Martin's team since 2016. They have reached the semis three times, and of course they made a you know finals appearance down at Ford Field uh, as well. So Frankenmuth just seems like they keep on rolling along here, uh, reloading each and every season. So I kind of expect them to do the same uh, this coming season. And in Division One, I, I think you got to keep your eyes on Graham Blank. Now Graham Blank uh, is just coming off their first ever appearance in the semifinals. Uh, they finished at 12-1 last year. They're going to be ranked number eight this year. 
uh, starting the season from the uh, Coaches Association. And, of course, they did have a change at quor- uh, not quarterback but at coach as uh, Caleb Bohr is going to be taking over for uh, Clint Alexander. Clint Alexander, I believe he was here for about six years, really built this program into a, uh, a machine here lately. And uh, now Caleb Forb is uh, coming in. He is a, a, a former Davison High School uh, uh, football player. And uh, he is taking over the reins at Grand Blank. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they adjust to the new coaching staff here and see if they can't keep this momentum going uh, that Clint Alexander has built here uh, through the last couple of years. So interesting to see how Grand Blank will work out this season. And as far as my storylines are concerned, I really only got one. And what it is is that I don't want to see any COVID-related kind of issues popping up this season. I'm really hoping that that's in the past and we're kind of through all that. Although I'm kind of always worried about some kind of spike happening. But at the same time, uh, for the record, I really thought that the Michigan High School Athletic Association did a fantastic job through the pandemic in managing, um, you know, everything that they had, all the hoops that they had to jump through. And uh, I really honestly think that they did a fantastic job. And uh, I think everybody should be proud of the kind of how they handled uh, the situation by, you know, getting as many sports in as they possibly could. They were very dedicated to these student-athletes, in my opinion. Well, that's going to do it here for me. Make sure, once again, to follow me, uh, Scott Johnson, at on Twitter, at Scott Johnson TV. That is Scott with one T, common spelling on Johnson. And you can always catch me each weeknight at 11 o'clock on TV5. For the Three Point Podcast, I'm Scott Johnson. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. This is Chef Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. As the MHSAA is the rules maker and playoff administrator for football, my three storylines are focused on how the game will be played this fall. Here's number one. Enhanced strength of schedule supporters versus the all-in advocates. Last season was the first time we saw in its entirety how the new point system for selecting the 11 and 8 player playoff fields worked. You'll remember that the point system was used in 2020 only for determining playoff game hosts as all teams made the playoffs that fall, which was abbreviated because of COVID-19. Instead of six wins and in, teams are selected for the playoffs now based purely on their playoff points received for success but also for the strength of opponents they face. A good loss against a tough opponent means much more under this format. 
This change was made for the most part to assist teams, especially stronger ones, with filling out schedules, as in the past many teams wouldn't take on a tough opponent for fear of a guaranteed defeat. Now, win or lose, just playing a good team helps when it comes to playoff points. Still, after seeing what an all-in playoffs looked like in 2020, there are some strong voices out there who believe the MHSAA should make that switch permanent. Supporters of the new enhanced strength of schedule formula, notably the Michigan High School Football Coaches Association, believe we should watch the new system play out for a few years before making another significant change. Number two, what story will the numbers tell? We currently have 499 11-player football teams statewide and 105 teams playing eight-player. That's a shift of only a few teams from 11-player to eight-player compared to last season. There's still evidence of how much eight-player has grown over the last five years specifically, while the number of athletes playing football has decreased statewide. It'll be interesting to see where those numbers go next. Schools must have enrollments of 215 students or fewer to be eligible for the eight-player playoffs. And there simply aren't many schools that small still playing 11-player football, so in turn, there aren't many that can make the switch to eight. At the same time, we have more schools larger than the 215 student dividing line making the switch to A-player regardless of the fact they can't qualify for the postseason. They're doing it because they believe that's the lone option for keeping football in their communities. The key number in all of this is participation. As Michigan began climbing out of COVID during the 2021-22 school year, MHSAA sports saw an increase in participation of 6.6% including an increase for football of 2.4% more students playing the sport than during the 2020 season. That football boost could be simply a matter of programs that took 2020 off deciding to field teams again. But another participation increase this fall would be some welcomed good news for what regardless remains the state's most played sport. And number three, football rules changes and more replay on the way. The year-to-year -year football rules changes are generally among the most noticeable by fans of high school sports, as football remains among the most attended sports nationwide. There aren't many changes to talk about heading into this season, but there are some highlights. The intentional grounding rule now will mirror the rule at the college and pro levels, with quarterbacks able to throw the ball away once they've left the pocket, even if there's not a receiver in the area where the ball is headed. The throw just needs to cross the line of scrimmage. The chop block rule saw a slight adjustment, with the waist instead of the knee now the determining factor on an illegal block. If one blocker hits a defender above the waist and another blocker below, that'll get a penalty. And finally, for the first time, coaches at the 11-player finals would be allowed one challenge, with that play to be viewed by booth officials. All potential scores and turnovers will continue to be automatically reviewed, but coaches at Ford Field also may challenge the following. If a pass is complete or incomplete, if a runner or a receiver was in or out of bounds, a runner who is ruled not down, the forward progress spot as it relates to the yard to gain, which player first touched a kick, the recovery of a ball in or out of bounds, if a pass was forward or backward, penalties for illegal forward pass, targeting or illegal helmet contact, and pass interference but only as it relates to the pass being previously tipped. We're excited for another season down here in East Lansing, and we look forward to seeing you out there. Follow us on Twitter at MHSAA and on Instagram at MHSAA Sports. For Three Point Podcast, this is Jeff Kimmerly. Hi, this is Dennis Stuckey of GetStuckOnSports.com. 
three players to watch in the Blue Water area this year. Amari Holler of Port Huron High School started in the Big Red secondary as a freshman last year and certainly didn't look out of place. He also saw some action at QB, rushing for two long touchdowns in week one against Frazier. He'll be the Big Red starter at QB this year, and he can do it with his legs as well as with his arm. An exciting athlete, Holler has a good head on his shoulders and is a solid citizen. He'll be a leader at PH for the next three years. Jake Townsend of Crosslex, he may already be the top quarterback in the Blue Water area. He has a strong arm and strong legs and a lot of experience. This year he has a core of stud receivers along with a huge line to pass, protect, and open holes for the run game. Townsend's numbers have the potential to look like a video game at the end of this season. This year, the Blue Water area has a legion of big athletic linemen, and the guy that may be the best is St. Clair St. Maddox Moselle. He's a guy that any coach in the Blue Water area would love to have on their team. He'll open up holes for the Saints runners. He'll keep the heat off his quarterback, and when he's on the defensive side of the ball, he'll blow up plays. Three teams to watch. As always, look out for the Marine City Mariners. Winning seasons in 37 of the past 38 years, the Mariners' legacy is long and impressive with 455 wins since 1950, 22 league titles, 29 postseason appearances that include 50 playoff victories and two state titles. A young Mariners squad made it to the regional final last year before bowing out at Frankenmuth. Charles Tigert is a star. Don't pay attention to the stats. He'd rush for well over 1,000 yards a season, but in most Mariner games, he doesn't touch the ball in the second half. As explosive as he is on that side of the ball, Tigert might even be better on defense and special teams. Speaking of defense, Wyatt Walker should be a name heard on most tackles this season. And let's not forget about junior QB Jeff Heslip, who returns after starting as a sophomore. And in the Max Silver title game last year at Marysville, Heslip coolly led the Mariners on a 93-yard TD drive with no timeouts and only 57 seconds left in that game. And oh, by the way, he only needed 46 of those seconds to get that game-winning touchdown. To say they are excited to get the season going at Croslex is the understatement of the century. Second-year Pioneers head coach Mike Legro is ready to turn loose QB Jake Townsend in his spread offense, where Croslex will be as dangerous running the ball as they will be throwing with Townsend and stud wide out Sage Slanick. Up front, the Pioneers are huge. The offensive line averages 6'2 and 274 pounds from tackle to tackle. Besides their usual big league games in the Blue Water Area Conference, the Pioneers will also face Williamston and Essexville-Garber to start and finish the regular season. The Port Huron High Big Reds lost just about everybody off last year's 8-1 regional finalist team. Noah Kindle and Najir Finney are now at Grand Valley State. Shaka Brown is at Siena Heights, and that's just to name a few. Longtime assistant Dan Perkins takes over as head coach for retired Ryan Mullins, but the Big Reds are not calling it a rebuild. They are calling it a reload, and they have some thrilling young players like Amari Holler, Gabe Mose, Jaden Ashford, Gavin Troy, and many more. The goal at PH is not to compete for a league title, but to go out and win their third straight Mac Blue crown. Three storylines that we'll be following. The new playoff format and how it might affect teams from the Blue Water area. Two examples are St. Clair and Marysville. The Saints play in the Macomb Area Conference Gold Division and are the smallest school as the only D4 squad in a league with four D2 schools and one D3. In theory, the Saints could have a losing season but make it to the playoffs with just three or four wins simply on the potential of points on their schedule. Marysville faces the opposite scenario. The Vikings and Warren Fitzgerald 
Fitzgerald are two D3 teams playing in the Macomb Area Silver Division that has two D5 schools, a D6 and a D7. Even a winning record is no guarantee for the Vikings to earn enough points to play postseason football. The new points format also has some in the Blue Water area wondering if some leagues will go away as teams look to shed smaller schools and find partners their own size or bigger in the future. In week one, a ceremony will be held in Richmond before the Blue Devils take on the Clintondale Dragons. The new turf field at the stadium will be named Coker Field in memory of longtime Richmond football coach John Coker, who lost his battle to cancer back in early March of this year. The inspirational coach Coker had taken Richmond to the playoffs the past nine straight seasons, and his Blue Devils won 72 times in the last decade. It will be an emotional night in Richmond as they remember John Coker, a beloved and respected man, who at 53 years young left us way too soon. The state keeps football records back to 1950. Based on that, our number three storyline is a couple of milestone wins that could happen this year. MLA City starts the season with 299 victories, one shy of 300. Harbor Beach enters the year eight wins shy of 400. And if you don't know about pirate football, they have nine wins or better in seven of the last 10 years. So getting to 400 this season is a possibility. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dennis Stuckey underscore and, of course, on our website at GetStuckOnSports.com. For Three Point Podcast, this is Dennis Stuckey. Hi, this is Luke Yerdy of Fox Sports Marquette in Marquette, Michigan, covering UP football. My three players to watch for the 2022 season. Number one, Luke Krasinski, senior quarterback, North Central Jets. Back-to-back state championships is what Luke Krasinski has been able to lead the Jets to in eight-player Division II, including a 63-0 victory over Colon in the state championship game in 2021, the most lopsided state championship game in history. Korzynski led the way with two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown, 10 tackles, and three tackles for loss. He has been the offensive player of the year in the UP and eight-player football in each of the last two years. My number two player to watch in the 2022 season is Easton Polamacki, senior running back, the Nagani Miners. He was all UP first team running back as a junior last year, putting up an impressive stat line of 865 yards on 111 carries for a 7.8 yards per carry clip, including 11 touchdowns and leading the Miners to an 8-3 season and a berth in the district championship game. Finally, my third player to watch, Nate Young, junior quarterback, Gladstone Braves. He was thrown into the starting role as a sophomore midseason after their senior quarterback Cam Kelly broke his collarbone. And Nate Young, as a sophomore, led the Braves to a playoff appearance and a 5-4 and four record before eventually losing to the Nagani Miners in the Division Six playoffs. And it earned him all Upper Peninsula honors. So look for Nate Young to have a good season having some experience and a full season under his belt. My three teams to watch in the 2022 season, the North Central Jets. Again, back-to-back eight-player division two champs. Luke Gorzinski in his third year as the starting quarterback for the Jets. And as I mentioned, the two-time eight-player offensive player of the year in the Upper Peninsula. The North Central Jets, though, are more than just Luke Gorzinski as they were a dominating football team in 2022. Maybe one of the most dominant seasons we've ever seen in the state of Michigan. They outscored their opponents 743 to 43 in 12 games played. 
look for North Central to be competing for a state championship again in 2022. My number two team to watch is the Nagani Miners, who were 8-3 in the 2021 campaign. They knocked off Gladstone in the first round of the playoffs, 42-28, and then they went on to lose to Calumet in a barn burner, 24-19, in the district championship. They bring back a lot of size and a lot of depth in the offensive and defensive lines and the skill positions it is is an embarrassment of riches they return their top three rushers in 2022 including Easton Palamaki but they also have Nico Lukarainen and Lucas Nelson and this is going to be old school Paul Jacobson Nagani minor football in 2022 and they're going to lean heavily on the run game and wear down their opponents my number three team to watch is a bit of an intriguing team and a lot of variables at play here for this team it is the Ishpeming Hematites looking to finally have a full season for the first time in seemingly Forever, The Hematites were three-time state champions between 2012 and 2015, but in the last two years, only six total games played. Lost their entire season in 2020 due to the COVID pandemic. And then last year had a bye week and a couple of forfeits again due to COVID. So they've played only six games in each of the last two years combined. But this is a big junior class coming in for the Hematites. A very good junior varsity team a year ago. The numbers are above 30 for the first time in a long time in Ishpeming. They have a lot of speed, some size, but look for junior Hunter Smith to have a big season for the Hematites and hopefully back to a full season of competing. Three storylines that I'm looking at in the 2022 season is, number one, there are new coaches everywhere. A lot of unfamiliar faces taking over at historically big-time programs in the Upper Peninsula. Escanaba, Gladstone, Westwood coming off their first district championship since the 90s last year. Calumet, Gwynn, and Menominee all have new head coaches here in 2022. So it's going to be very intriguing to see what these first-time head coaches are able to do here this season. The number two storyline, again, it's Ken North Central 3P. Back-to-back eight-player Division II state championships. Ken North Central make it three straight and complete the dynasty. And finally, realignment. Not only hitting college football, but hitting us here in the UP as well. The Great Northern Conference is one of the most historic conferences of all time in the Upper Peninsula. It's been around for many, many decades, but this could be the last year for the Great Northern Conference in 2022 as Marquette, Sault Ste. Marie, and Escanaba have all applied for membership in the Big North Conference. And if that gets accepted, all three are expected to go to the Big North, while Menominee, Gladstone, and Kingsford would be headed to the Westpac. You can follow me at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I, on Twitter for Three Point Podcast. This is Luke Giardi. Hi, this is Jonathan Bisher of Thumb Tailgater Sports, covering the Blue Water Area Conference, the Greater Sum Conference East and West, and the North Central Thumb League Stars and Stripes Division in A-Player Football. My three players to watch this year will start in the Greater Thumb Conference East Division. That will be junior quarterback Evan Peruski of the Ubley Bearcats, 
as he looks to lead the Bearcats to the third straight state semifinal appearance as Peruski will be a three-year starter at quarterback for the Bearcats. My second player to watch this year is senior quarterback for the Harbor Beach Pirates, Tanton Babcock. Another dual-threat quarterback in the Greater Thumb East looks to put Harbor Beach back on top of the Greater Thumb East as they have to take down the Ubley Bearcats this year. And my third player to watch is going to come out of the Blue Water Area Conference, and that's going to be the new quarterback for the Crosslex Pioneer, Gavin Espinoza, as he takes over the helm for the Pioneers as they lose our reigning TSA Player of the Year, Jake Townsend, due to graduation. My three teams to keep an eye on will start in the Blue Water Area Conference. That's going to be the Crosslex Pioneers. They won the BWAC last year, and they lost to Freeland in the playoffs as they look to bounce back from that devastating loss in the playoffs. We'll see if they can stay atop the BWAC or will North Branch try to knock them off. Team number two for my teams to keep an eye on is going to be the Ubley Bearcats. They've made it to back-to-back state semifinal appearances. They're looking for a third this year. Will they be able to win the state title for their first time ever as they are one of the top favorites in Division 8? My third team to watch is going to be the North Huron Warriors in eight-man football. They won the NCTL stripes last year, but they lost a big senior class due to graduation. We'll see if they can keep a stranglehold on that NCTL stripes division this year. My three storylines to watch this year. Well, you got to start with the Ubley Bearcats. Like I said, they've been to three, two straight state semifinal appearances, looking to make it three. Can they do that? It'll be quite the run for the Bearcats out of the thumb. My second storyline is the Crosslex Pioneers. Can they stay atop? of the BWAC, or will North Branch have anything to do with it? North Branch, Crosslex, big-time rivalry there. We'll see which one can come out top in the BWAC. And my third storyline to watch is the Greater Thumb West Division. They lost Cassidy to the East due to some conference realignment with a couple teams dropping down to eight-player football in K-Pack and Brown City. Cassidy moves to the East. The West doesn't pick up a team, so we'll see who can take over the West. Will it be Lakers and Badex like they are on top? Or we have a dark horse in Reese or Carroll or Vassar possibly make a surge up towards the top as Cassidy moves to the East and looks the battle for their first ever East title against the Ubley Bearcats and the Harbor Beach Pirates. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Thumbtailgator Sports. For the Three Point Podcast, this is Jonathan Bisher. Thank you. Hello, this is Tim Brick from WTCM Radio AM 580 in Traverse City, Michigan for the Prep Big Skin Preview Podcast. We're here to look at the three teams from the cherry capital of the world. First is the Division I state runner-up, Traverse City Central Trojans. Traverse City Central is ranked ninth in Max Prep statewide preseason picks to start this year. They started 2021 with a loss. They ended with a loss, but had 12 straight wins in between. While they lost 22 talented seniors, including four-star linebacker and Notre Dame recruit Josh Burnham and another first-team All-Stater in Carson Bordeaux, they didn't leave the cupboard bare. When Burnham wasn't under center last year, Josh Klug was pulling the trigger. Klug has a 94-mile-an-hour fastball and is going to Louisville on a baseball scholarship. His favorite target will be Braden Halliday, a three-year starter at wideout and strong safety. Thousand-yard rusher Reed Seabase will lead the ground attack behind a young, inexperienced offensive line. The defensive line will be anchored by Tank Hicks pulling. At 6'1", 315 pounds, he'll cause a lot of trouble for the opposing offenses. 
Grant Schmidt at 6'3", 215, outside linebacker and H-back, will, he will be a force to be dealt with as well. Traverse City Central will not have the numbers they've had in the past with the only 35 or 40 varsity players, so depth could be a problem. Four offensive starters return, plus three on D. Traverse City started or scored an average of uh, 46 points a game last year and gave up only 15, so the younger classes saw a lot of grass time. They played over 50 games in the last four years, so the senior class is playing the equivalent of their sixth season. They are looking forward to stepping up into the Saginaw Valley. They'll start their season against semifinalist St. Joe's in Big Rapids at Ferris State, and they'll finish with Traverse City West in front of 10,000 plus fans at Thurlby Field. The Trojans have a tough schedule, but feel they are ready for the task. Across town at TC West, they are looking forward to putting 2021 in the rearview mirror. Coach Vaughn loves to run the ball and hoping to get solid quarterback play with junior Isaac Kelsey taking the snaps. He's a good runner and a solid passer. Behind him, Karen Rock will be a two-year starter, Aiden Toten, who also plays D. Another two-year starter and two-way player will be junior Kyler Brunin at 6'5", 275. He'll be hard to miss and someone that needs to be accounted for. Like Central, they are anxious to move into the Saginaw Valley. Their out-of-conference teams will include Grand Haven and semifinalist Grand Blank. Of course, they'll finish the season against the Trojans at Thurlby Field. Watch out for the Titans. They could be a sleeper. Last on the list is another semi-finalist and perennial power, Traverse City St. Francis. When I asked Coach Sellers who his top three guys were, he couldn't narrow it down to three. He says he has 11 studs, mostly seniors with lots of grass time. Like the Trojans, St. Francis has played 50 plus games in the last four years. Their senior class has 16 players, and in three years, they've had a 29-8 and record. They've scored an average of 52 points last year and came up and gave up only 17. So everybody on the varsity has an abundant amount of grass time, including two four-year starters. One is Joe Donahue at 6'2", 195. He mostly is a fullback, but you'll see him line up at slot from time to time. He also plays linebacker on D. Drew Hardy is the other four-year starter and two-way player. Devin Town at 5'11", 240 is the strongest kid on the team. In Coach Sellers' words, he's a stud. Quarterback Wyatt Musatis replaces the 2021 left-handed All-State quarterback, and the St. Francis staff says he's the real deal. Great runner and exceptional passer. St. Francis has never backed down from anyone. In fact, their scrimmage this year was against Cadillac and Traverse City Central. The second game of the year, they traveled to Worthington Stadium in Jackson to take on the Lumen Christie uh, team, the semifinalists from last year. The lads are 1-0 against the Speed of Light boys from Lumen. This one could be a barn burner. Then they, there is Kingsley, midseason at 10-2 in last year. They finished against uh, perennial power Detroit Country Day. The Glads have a lot of talent, but not much depth. They could make a run if they can stay healthy. I'm Tim Brick from WTCM Radio. Go Glads, go Trojans, go Titans.
This has been the Prep Pigskin Preview on Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center, and Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout Michigan. Check out their coupon code at the Corona store only, 3-P-O-I-N-T-2-0, 3.20. Also make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports, Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch Owasso, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. Make sure you follow us at 3 Point Pod and spread the word to all your friends and family. And I want to definitely say, guys, a special thanks to our guest who took the time out to participate and make this fifth annual show a really, really good program. You know, even though it was five or five or six minutes of actual airtime they had, I mean, there's effort involved and, in, uh, you know, they really stepped up to help us out. And we really do appreciate them. I mean, when you think about it from Marquette to Traverse City to yeah. Grand Rapids to The Thumb to Lansing, Flint, Detroit, we had the entire state, upper and lower peninsulas covered like a blanket, man. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. we talk about it every year. I wish something like this was around when I was playing. Because I definitely would have kicked back and listened to the whole podcast. So I, yeah. I, this is definitely a cool thing we do. Not not patting ourselves on the back, but it's a cool podcast. We look yeah, forward to it every year. It is. Uh, and you nailed it. We have some great media members. That was something that really surprised me when I went out uh, to the west side of the state, man. There's five really good like high school sports anchors all in that one, all in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Uh, they all do a great job in their own right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just an incredible state. We've got a lot of people that do a really good job to cover it. Well, and just a reminder, this episode of Three Point Podcast was recorded at StreamYard.com. Don't forget our friends Chi-Town. They have a big Labor Day weekend uh, down at Royal Oak, the Arts, Beats, and Eats. Check them out, 9 to 11 down there in Royal Oak. And that'll about do it, fellas. Until next time, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening, and let's get ready for some football. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.